Ah, the swamp in all its glory. There they are. 90% of them, I am convinced, are there not for us, but for themselves. They're in it for the status, the fame, the potential fortunes. Not us, not us. Including, although right now he's a swamp hero, General Milley, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Ooh, the swamp loves this guy more than ever. Now, normal people, of course, have contempt for this guy because, oh yeah, he recently was a key reason why we lost the war in Afghanistan. In a healthy culture, a guy like Milley would already be in the process of resigning. He'd be out the door. No, in the Biden administration, they love him. The president uh, has complete confidence in his leadership, his patriotism, and his fidelity to our Constitution. I can't speak to the former president's uh, experience with him or the former president's views of him. But the, this president, this current president, uh, who follows the Constitution, who's not fomenting an insurrection, who follows the rule of law, has complete confidence in Chairman Milley and him serving, continuing to serve in his role. Okay, well, they like him because they owe him, perhaps. It looks like General Milley was playing footsie with the Biden team while he was chairman of the Joint Chiefs under President Trump. That seems very, very clear. Look, there are a lot of reasons to not like General Milley. There are a lot of reasons General Milley should have been fired a long time ago, even by President Trump himself, and I know he regrets not doing that. Right now, the current hubbub is about the new book, Peril, uh, by Bob Woodward and Robert Acosta. And uh, this is uh, the whole Fuhrer, it's just a book publicity campaign. It's a lot of nonsense. Um, just remember this, Bob Woodward is a liar. He has been doing that for a long, long time. That's why we're never gonna really be able to substantiate what's in this book. Um, he did it in All the President's Men. That whole thing about deep throat and signaling deep throat with the flag and getting a signal on the Metro page and the New York Times, it was just all nonsense, all made up. The garage meetings with um, Hal Holbrook in the movie, Deep Throat Himself, again, fiction. I know it's fiction. I've been there. This guy made it up. He had no idea that decades later, journalism students would still be reading the book. It was a cheap trick to make money on a book. They had no idea it would have such legs. Oh, by the way, Woodward also lied about Bill Casey, the CIA director under Ronald Reagan. In his book, Veil, he writes another tall tale that Bill Casey told him Iran-Contra was Reagan's operation from his deathbed. Everybody who knows anything about that case knows that Bob Woodward once again made it up. Anyway, uh, Bob Woodward does have a way in Washington and he can be quite seductive apparently. Look, he got into the Trump White House and actually sat down for many interviews with Donald Trump. He recorded many of those interviews. Many hours of interviews were recorded. But Bob Woodward only lets out a couple of snippets here and there. And well, the context is totally gone. We have to trust him. And you shouldn't. Listen to this. It's also more deadly than your, you know, your even your strenuous flus. You know, people don't realize we lose 25,000, 30,000 people a year here. Who, who would ever think that, right? I know. It's, I mean, much it's pretty forgotten. amazing. And uh, then I say, well, is that the same thing? For, this is uh, more for... deadly. This is five per 
you know, this is 5% versus 1% and less than 1%. You know, so this is deadly stuff. Oh, and therefore, Donald Trump knew all this, uh, how lethal the coronavirus was and wasn't telling the public. Look, he doesn't tell you what he said right after that, what he said before that, and all those other hours of conversation. He takes things out of context, and he also makes things up. There are conversations, conversations, quotation marks, when there was no tape recording. He writes stuff that is unknowable. All right, that takes us back to... Uh, our woke general of the moment. I want to understand white rage, and I'm white, and I want to understand it. All right, so look, I don't know the details of that phone call with the Chinese general. It is possibly customary for generals in this country to call generals in another country. It probably happens all the time. But here's why Millie should have been jettisoned a long time ago. Remember when Donald Trump uh, went to St. John's Chapel and held up a Bible. You know how offensive that was to the swamp? I mean, how dare he? After those rioters tried to burn it down, he would go to a church and hold up a Bible. That offended the swamp to no end. Hey, you know what's in front of that church now? A Black Lives Matter banner. It's going to be there forever. That's there right now. Does that make any sense? No, but that's the swamp for you. So back to Millie. You know about this by now. He crossed the street with President Trump. He wasn't even in the picture, but he made such a federal case out of this moment. You know why? He wanted to get in with the Bidens. He wanted to signal to the swamp and to Joe, I'm with you. Why else would he apologize? As many of you saw the result of the photograph of me at Lafayette Square last week, that sparked a national debate about the role of the military in civil society. I should not have been there. My presence in that moment and in that environment created a perception of the military involved in domestic politics. Such a strange guy. He owed no one an apology. And by the way, as I showed you last night, he made so many political observations in that same speech, at the same time apologizing for the appearance of the military involved in political affairs. All right, so the book of the moment, uh, it's interesting uh, to a lot of normal people, again, because of Afghanistan and, yes, some of the allegations, revelations in this book. He should be on his way out, General Milley. But no, the swamp loves him and the critics, they're the ones who don't get it. Republicans don't like this. Mm. This is something. Are you so stupid? I just got to ask, <laughs> are you so stupid? Are you so ignorant of how things work that you don't know that from time to time generals talk to generals? He kind of talks kind of funny in some sort of weird way. I don't know what's going on there. But uh, no, uh, we know how it works. We know that when you lose a war in such humiliating fashion and when it could have been avoided and you were an instrumental part of it, offering up your resignation is probably a good idea. But the swamp, they've already forgotten about this and they want you to forget about it. And interesting, these two characters, Joe and Mika, they're married now. But I want to talk a little bit about Mika. Uh, one of the reasons why she's there, she's swamp royalty in a way. Her father was Jabig uh, New Brzezinski, national security advisor to Jimmy Carter. We all remember what a disaster he was, and there they are in uh, the Oval Office, it looks like. Uh, together, uh, these men totally mishandled the Iranian hostage crisis under their leadership. Uh, it became <laughs> far worse than it probably had to be. You may remember the disastrous rescue mission. So many of our Marines and soldiers 
left stranded in the desert, horrible fire. It was just botched from beginning to end. Um, but, you know, eh, whatever. You're a Democrat. You're part of the swamp. Uh, we still like you and your big new hung around for a long time. And Mika and Joe, um, Millie failing on this scale? Join the club. Don't worry about it. No problem. Here's another reason why the Bidens actually like this guy and why he is so dangerous, so strange, and he shouldn't be there. So after January 6th, he put out a letter and had all the other chiefs of staff sign it. And it said this, and I thought it was very, very unnecessary. Let's put it up full, please. On January 20th, 2021, in accordance with the Constitution, confirmed by the states and the courts and certified by Congress, President-elect Biden will be inaugurated and will become our 46th commander-in-chief. He was offering a solution when the problem didn't warrant that. Again, he's going into politics he keeps apologizing for going into politics, but he's going into politics. He really is something else. Now, regarding the um, latest allegation in the book, let's go ahead and tell you what the Pentagon is saying about it now. All right. All calls from the chairman to his counterparts, including those reported, are staffed, coordinated and communicated with the Department of Defense. All right. This is about the allegation or the revelation that he called the top general in China saying that if we attack you, we'll give you a heads up first, or, I mean, look, we were not gonna attack China. I think Milley is making this stuff up to further enhance his status in the swamp. Let me show you what his then boss said about what Milley may or may not have done. It represents a disgraceful and unprecedented act of insubordination by the nation's top military officer. If Woodward's story of chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff Milley's histrionic outbursts and unsanctioned anti-constitutional involvement in foreign policy proved true, he must resign immediately or be fired. Again, this was his boss at the time. As Secretary of Defense, I did not and would not ever authorize such conduct. All right. So I don't think it actually happened quite like that. Getting on the phone, we weren't going to attack China. I think Millie is showing off to people like Bob Woodward to enhance his status in the swamp and also with the Bidens because Trump appointed him and he's a guy who could be jettisoned and he doesn't want to go, not yet. My thoughts, he should have been fired for his conduct last year. That walk across the street with the president of the United States, Trump, uh, apologizing for it, that was disgraceful. That was conduct unbecoming. Um, if I ever saw General Milley, I might say something like this to him. Ever see the movie Seven Days in May? Ah, oh, it's remarkable. It's about a military coup against a president. I won't tell you how it ends, but um, finally, General, uh, what the hell is his name? Scott, James Mattoon Scott gets his comeuppance by my favorite character, uh, Colonel Jinx, played by Kirk Douglas. Check it out. That's a signed statement from Admiral Barnswell. You're a nightcrawler, Colonel, a peddler. You sell information. Are you sufficiently up on your Bibles to know who Judas was? Yes, I know who Judas was. He was a man I worked for and admired until he disgraced the four stars on his uniform.
General Milley has disgraced the four stars on his uniform. Thing is, he probably has enough allies in the Democrat administration, the one he was playing footsie with all along, that he'll be safe. Unfortunately, our country won't be. I'll be right back. Rob Carson, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast. Tired of boring traditional news updates? How about one with a conservative point of view and it's actually funny? You can subscribe for free on the Apple Podcast app and it downloads directly to your smartphone so you can listen while driving, uh, to work, riding a bike, at the gym, or even while lobster fishing off the East Coast. Subscribe today with the Apple Podcast app or go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcasts for other platforms. Something's coming. All I can say is, is that the fake news just doesn't get it, do Because the fake news thinks he should be off of Twitter and the Taliban should be on Twitter. Your friendly neighborhood Taliban, here's their spokesman. You know what? He has a Twitter account. He's actually on Twitter. Isn't that insane? I, I, I know this... I just find it insane. Number one, consider this. Uh, the Taliban are a terrorist organization, officially designated so by the Department of State. They are. Also, consider this. Aiding and abetting a terror group is against the law. It's a very serious thing if you aid and abet a terrorist organization. You go to jail for that. Has anybody looked into this regarding Twitter? I mean, they're on Twitter. And you know who is off Twitter, of course, President Trump. And this is the last, uh, let's see here. Oh, urgent. The last American occupier withdrew from Kabul airport at 12 o'clock and our country gained its full independence. Praise and gratitude be to God. I mean, they can do this whenever they want. And Donald Trump can't. Um, Jack Dorsey is the head of this company. Uh, maybe he's got a few things in common with the Taliban. I don't know. He didn't always look like this, by the way. Uh, when he was hanging out with Obama, he was Guy Smiley. Look at him. He's like a Pete Buttigieg there. He just wants to uh, support the team. Um, when he met Donald Trump, though, mm, take a look. See him all slouched over there on the side? That's Jack Dorsey, and he's not impressed, and he wants everybody else to know that he's not impressed with Trump. Uh, that reminds me, Mark Zuckerberg from Facebook, um, also very cold with Donald Trump. Uh, can we get this picture over with? Um, but look at him with Barack Obama. It's like they're going away on a, somebody's bachelor party, a boys' night out or something like that. They are cozy with Democrats, and they really hate MAGA. They hate MAGA. And we see it. People are banned, shadow banned, outright banned all the time from the right, but, but, there he is, a spokesman for the Taliban, um, active on Twitter. I should follow him to keep an eye on him. I don't right now. All right, I want to talk a little bit about Instagram. Instagram is uh, addictive. I have an account. I don't post that often. Uh, but I like to look, and it already knows things that I like. I like airplanes. I like watches. Sometimes I like to see girls in bathing suits, okay? It knows that about me, and it's always showing me these images. Well, it's hurting people. It's hurting people in a fundamental way. It's particularly hurting teenage girls and creating all kinds of body image issues. 
Now, Zuckerberg has been asked about this point blank, and he has denied it before Congress. The research that we've seen is that using social apps to, to connect with other people can have positive mental health benefits. The negatives far outweigh any positive. We'll show you that in a moment. More. Has Facebook conducted any internal research as to the effect your products are having on the mental health of our children? Congresswoman, I know that this is something that we that we try to study. Can you and say yes or no? I'm sorry. Um, I, I believe the answer is yes. See how he tried to obfuscate a pretty simple question. One more. Mr. Zuckerberg. Yes or no, do you agree too much time in front of screens, passively consuming content is harmful to children's mental health? Congresswoman, the research that I've seen on this suggests that if people are using computers and, and could, social could you apps- Could yes or no? I'm there, sorry, there's, could you use yes or no? I, I, I don't think that the research is conclusive on that. Well, according to the Wall Street Journal, what they've uncovered, uh, the research, the internal research that Facebook and Instagram has done, uh, no, shows that this is an internal document from Instagram. Teens who struggle with mental health say Instagram makes it worse. Of course it does. I don't need to know if you need a team of researchers to establish that, but they did in, internally. Take a look at these uh, quotes also from the journal. Uh, for the past three years, Facebook has been conducting studies into how its photo sharing app affects its millions of young users. The company's researchers found that Instagram is harmful for a sizable percentage of them, most notably teen girls. We make body image issues worse for one in three teen girls. Teens blame Instagram for increases in the rate of anxiety and depression. And the smart people there at Instagram, the engineers, they have made it as addicting as anything. Uh, who knows where it's all gonna go. Oh, this just in. Nicki Minaj, the singer, is in Twitter jail. They won't let her tweet anything. Why? She's in trouble because she tweeted about a relative of hers who had a negative reaction to the COVID-19 vaccine. What's wrong with that? Some people have a negative reaction. I had a negative reaction. So we can't handle that. Even the FDA says there could be certain negative reactions from the COVID-19 vaccine. So Nicki Minaj is in Twitter jail, but the Taliban are on Twitter and tweeting away no problem. Something is terribly, terribly wrong. I'll be right back. It is so embarrassing. If you've had it with the old news. And the same spent. Well, then Spicer & Company is your place. For the inside story. And for the facts that you need to know. January 6th, boy, they are still hyping the hell, excuse me, out of that day. And they're doing it for political purposes. They're doing it to demonize Trump, Trump supporters. They want to blow that day all out of proportion. Uh, hundreds were taken into custody at some point, and now they're sentencing people to substantial prison terms. It looks like the Horns guy, Jacob Chansley, is going to go away for maybe uh, three to four years. Uh, and now uh, Jason Dolan, a Marine veteran, uh, a member of the Oath Keepers, uh, it's, we're understanding that he's reached a plea 
arrangement. Details will be released in a couple of months. Uh, he has not yet been formally sentenced. He is said to be cooperating with authorities. Uh, very serious jail time uh, for a lot of these people, some of whom did not break anything or hurt anybody. They were just there. They didn't go inside the Capitol even, but they're in big, big, big trouble. Um, and you compare that to how the rioters were treated from last summer, all that stuff they stole, broke, that was all beautiful, that was all wonderful, that was embraced by Democrat politicians, by corporate America. This is a peaceful protest, don't you know? And actually, if you're in any way affiliated with Black Lives Matter, that is literally a get out of free jail card, it seems. Do you remember John Sullivan? Now, John Sullivan uh, recorded a great deal. That's his uh, nom de guerre, if you will, Jaden X. He was like the unofficial videographer of January 6th. He was right there when Ashley Babbitt died. He recorded that awful footage of the shooting. Well, he spent uh, a couple of hours in jail. That's it. He's walking around. This man has publicly threatened Donald Trump. Why isn't he still in prison? He was there in the heart of it all. Do we believe that he was just witnessing, that he was just there, that he was just along for the ride? Or could he have been agitating? Could he have been moving it along? I watched all of his videos. I've heard him yell. I heard him scream. That, to me, seemed like inciting a riot, perhaps. But no, somehow in all of this, he's a good guy. And now this. Of course, Black Lives Matter. We know that. Black Lives Matter. Not in the way the Black Lives Matter movement says. They only care when a black life is taken by a white cop. No, Black Lives Matter, including the life of 17-year-old Contario Sevian, shot and killed early Wednesday morning in Memphis, Tennessee. It happened at around 1 o'clock in the morning outside a Five Guys restaurant where he worked. Uh, let's see. Uh, the scene suggests Contario was taking the garbage out at the end of his shift when he was ambushed and shot. They found him uh, near the dumpster. He had been shot twice. He was rushed to the hospital. He died from his injuries. Contario's grandmother, Carmen, said he was a good kid. He was in the local high school, actually had a baby on the way. She says all the family wants right now is justice. I don't really know what to say, but all I can say is sad. We, it, this is sad. We lost my mom two days ago. Now this right here, and we just don't know which direction to go now. And we just want justice for our baby. That's all. Justice for our baby. He was just 17 years old. And I will reiterate my call for someone very famous, very powerful, and very rich to get involved. Now, Barack Obama, I'm not a fan, uh, but he has a lot of fans in the African-American community, especially in urban communities where so many of these shootings are taking place and so many of these shootings are gang-related. Wouldn't it be great, and I think he'd be really effective, quite frankly, if he went into some of these cities, rented some office space or a storefront and said, I'm gonna negotiate a peace between these gangs. Does that sound ridiculous, a former president getting involved in turf wars? Maybe, but I think it could work. 
his status, his prestige, going in there, not for these silly photo ops shooting hoops with the kids for 15 minutes. I mean, really getting in there, living there, like he did back when he was a community organizer. Give it a shot. Why not? Huh? What do you think? And if not you, Mr. President, what about LeBron? He's always shooting his mouth off on Twitter. I mean, look, again, I don't like him, but he commands a lot of respect with a lot of people, especially in the inner city. The two of these guys together, they'd make an incredible team. And I'm not talking about a photo op. I really want them to do it. I really want them to do it. The problem, the problems in the African-American community, all communities suffer, all communities have issues, but absentee fathers and illiteracy plague the African-American community far more than others. I heard that once from Barack Obama himself. In fact, literacy, when it comes to reading and writing, somehow, and I learned this from Barack Obama, in certain neighborhoods in our country, it's not considered cool to read or write. Go into any inner city neighborhood and folks will tell you that government alone can't teach our kids to learn. They know that parents have to teach, that children can't achieve unless we raise their expectations and turn off the television sets and eradicate the slander that says a black youth with a book is acting white. They know those things. Did you hear that in that famous speech? When a black youth is reading a book, they're acting white? That is a slander, he said. I didn't know about it until he called attention to it. He spoke about it occasionally when he was president. Look, there are deep cultural problems, and I think, Mr. President, you and Mr. James could do a lot of good. I know, it's coming from me, crazy guy on Newsmax. But what do you say, huh? Seriously, I think you could save lives, and you would really earn, maybe for the first time, a Nobel Prize. Earn it. Thank you. Be right back. It's our America. We built it. Courage. Freedom. Millions go to Newsmax when they need to know. Start today on the free Newsmax app. Newsmax is real news for real people. The president uh, has complete confidence in his leadership, his patriotism, and his fidelity to our Constitution. I can't speak to the former president's uh, experience with him or the former president's views of him. But the, this president, this current president, uh, who follows the Constitution, who's not fomenting an insurrection, who follows the rule of law, has complete confidence in Chairman Milley and him serving, continuing to serve in his role. So the day we find out that General Milley was undermining the Constitution in all likelihood, we know how he treated President Trump. We know he just lost a war. Key part of that, of course, the Biden administration embraces this guy. This is Cash Patel with President Trump in the Situation Room at the White House. He was the uh, former deputy assistant to President Trump for counterterrorism, former chief of staff to the Department of Defense, and I'm glad he's here tonight. I want his insight into uh, the General Milley situation and all kinds of other things. Welcome back, Cash Patel. How are you? I'm well. Thanks so much for having me, Greg. You worked very closely with him. You know what they're accusing him of these days. He, I believe, was wary of you when you were at the Pentagon. What's happening here? Well, look, it's, it's a man who's, in, who's running around town for his job. And it's the one man that should never be running around town for his job because he's the highest ranking uniform military officer 
by law the most apolitical human being in the United States government, who's turned into the most political hack in the United States government, because the only thing he cares about is his job. But the problem with that is he's violating, if these reports are true, the Constitution, the law that says he, as chairman, does not have operational command authority. The National Command Authority goes from the president to the secretary of defense, and he does not have this. And this call with China, and look at what the Pentagon and the White House are not doing. None of them are refuting the content of the call. And to me, that's the most damning evidence there is right now. They're not refuting it in a way they're confirming it that this call probably did happen. I want to show you what uh, your former boss, uh, one of them, Chris Miller, the acting secretary of defense, said about that call. Uh, he learned about it like we all did from the Woodward book. Let's go ahead and put that up on the screen, please, and we'll read through it. It represents a disgraceful and unprecedented act of insubordination by the nation's top military officers. If Woodward's story of chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff Milley's histrionic outbursts and unsanctioned anti-constitutional involvement in foreign policy proved true, he must resign immediately or be fired. How much interaction did you have with Milley? Milley is going around town telling everybody how he stood up to the Trump administration and all the insurrectionists. Uh, that's the story he's telling. What really happened? Did you ever encounter him? Oh, every day, multiple times before I even got to the Defense Department. I briefed him with the president on wars, on Iran, on China, on Russia. When I was a deputy director of national intelligence, I would see him at the White House and have to work with his office all the time because we ran the IC then over to the Defense Department, and he reports to us in the Office of the Secretary of Defense. So we would make sure the Joint Staff was reporting to us, and we would take him over to see the president on a routine basis so he could do the one thing he's supposed to do, which is provide military advice to the president. But now we all know that he was acting outside of his uh, command authority and also having his minions leak to the press and talk about nonsense like he's going to wrap a ring of steel around Washington, D.C., so January 6th doesn't, uh, go, doesn't go awry. What about the ring of steel he could have wrapped around Afghanistan and American citizens stranded there? Instead, they just let that cataclysmic event implode, and now we have a catastrophe overseas after 20 years in country. Uh, here's that apology. I think, he, I think, quite frankly, you guys should have gotten rid of him after this, but he walks across the street with the president. No big deal. He's the chairman of the Joint Chiefs with the president uh, right outside the White House, and he apologizes for it. Watch. As many of you saw the result of the photograph of me at Lafayette Square last week, that sparked a national debate about the role of the military in civil society. I should not have been there. My presence in that moment and in that environment created a perception of the military involved in domestic politics. Uh, here's a theory. Um, he watches a lot of fake news. He was somehow um, the swamp got to him and he wanted to convey to the swamp that he was on their side, not on Trump's side, which, oh, by the way, would be the people's side. He is a, an executive branch, essentially employee reporting to the president. That's what that was about, I think. What do you think? You're absolutely right. Look, he, it's another example of someone who's supposed to be so apolitical. He's not supposed to go on national media without the notification of the White House or the Secretary of Defense at the time and make unilateral statements and apologies. That is entering the political fray. That is the exact thing he's forbidden from doing by law. I don't know that he's once actually followed the law, which is to just advise 
the president on military affairs. He continues to allow his organization to leak to the media. This is the second book that talks about Milley, uh, some in a glowing fashion. And now I think he's over his skis because he didn't realize the boomerang effect this phone call would have on his legacy. And hopefully somebody takes action under the UCMJ and institute court-martial proceedings to find out what happened. Can I tell you, I want to run this letter by you that he put out at, shortly after January 6th. I think it was actually creepy. He had all of the uh, chiefs of staff sign it, and it's such an unnecessary message. Let me put the, the crux of it up. On January 20th, 2021, in accordance with the Constitution confirmed by the states and the courts and certified by Congress, President-elect Biden will be inaugurated and will become our 46th Commander-in-Chief. As if he has a role in any of that. He has his hands full as the chief military advisor to the president. That letter signed by all of those generals, there was something wrong about it to state something so potentially obvious. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's the perfect example of another act of outright insubordination. Look, I was a chief of staff when that letter was written reporting to the Secretary of Defense. Neither myself nor the Secretary of Defense, Chris Miller, knew about that letter at that time. He did it purposefully. There's not one piece of military advice to the President of the United States in that letter. That is Mark Milley politicizing the national security apparatus of the United States of America to glorify his own ego and keep his own job. And that is against the law. Well, uh, you got his number, I got his number. Uh, unfortunately, critics like us, you know, it may enhance his position somehow in this Biden <laughs> White House, as, uh, as, as, as twisted as they are. Cash Patel, by the way, please go to fightwithcash.com. Let's put that up on the screen. Fightwithcash.com. And Cash, if you don't mind, in uh, 20 seconds, tell us what that's all about. Yeah, thanks so much for bringing that up. Look, it's basically uh, a, an organization that's raising money around the country to go around and file cases for those who have been defamed or deplatformed by mainstream media and big tech. We're raising money so we can pay their lawyer fees, their court fees, and we can get the corrections that they need attributed to them to restore their credibility. All right, fightwithcash.com. Cash Patel, many thanks, sir. Thanks, Greg. All right, we'll be right back. The man getting off the helicopter with President Trump is Mark Meadows, his last and favorite chief of staff. That was quite a moment. I believe that's when the president uh, was uh, going to the hospital for COVID treatment. Uh, they became very close and they remain close. Mark Meadows, also a former congressman from Western North Carolina, joins us once again. Sir, welcome back to uh, the show. How are you? Uh, well, it's great to be with you, Greg. I would be a lot better had we not heard the reports of what General Milley allegedly has done. Uh, I, I can only describe this as unbelievable. In fact, when I heard the reports, Greg, I said, uh, listen, this has to be some kind of lampoon. There's no way that he did that. But as uh, the denials of uh, uh, ceased to come, and, and quite frankly, indirect confirmation seemed to come out of the White House and DOD, it's very troubling. It is pretty wild. So let's go through it. Bob Woodward. And part of me was wondering, you know, is this some sort of just a marketing stunt by Bob Woodward? Right. He does that kind <laughs> right. of thing. He teases out pieces of information. We know he makes right. stuff up. I've seen him do that before. Um, 
I quite frankly thought he was fireable for how he treated the president last year, that walk across the street. But number one, let's go through the China phone call. He allegedly called his counterpart in China to say, we will not attack you. And uh, if we do, I'll give you a heads up to me. That just sounds too fantastic. I mean, we were not on the verge of attacking China. Such a phone call would be ridiculous. What are your thoughts on that specifically? Well, as someone who was in the room who would know exactly what we were planning to do and what we weren't, uh, obviously I can't talk about national security secrets, but this has nothing even close to reality. It wasn't even contemplated, quite frankly. It wasn't even discussed. And so for uh, General Milley to reach out to his counterpart, which obviously uh, generals do from time to time, joint chiefs do from time to time, but this kind of commentary uh, not only would have been out of place, but it wouldn't have been based on facts. The only thing I can hope is that this is water cooler hyperbole, where he uh, gets off a phone call and says, I told them this and I told them that, trying to appeal to a leftist audience like he does after he reads his Twitter feed. (laughs) Yes, uh, I have a feeling uh, that is very much the dynamic as well. He tipped off the world, he tipped off me at least, that he was working for the swamp, not for the president. Again, I'll go back to that famous walk across the street. Um, He apologized for this in the most uh, bizarre way. And what did the president do that was so offensive? He was in front of a church with a Bible. Um, You must have considered jettisoning him at that point because that apology was just so over the top and weird. And look, the president is with a Bible in front of a church. I'll point out that same church has a Black Lives Matter banner in front of it right now, and everybody seems fine with it. I I just can't figure it out. Did you think about firing him? Well, obviously, uh, when when he uh, went without approval from the White House to give his uh, apology uh, news conference, I got on the phone right after that, and I, you know, I said, General, you, you're talking about not wanting to be political. That was the most political thing that could be done, and uh, and it was his comments about his Twitter feed and how he, he thought it was being misrepresented and what he had uh, what he supported. But the truth of the matter is, when he was in the Oval Office, he supported the. President president going across. That's why he was there front and center in the picture that you have right before your audience. Uh, He he was not complaining until he got pushed back from the left. And so it was Secretary Esper, General Milley, both of them uh, doing news conferences that not only were not authorized, but but candidly offered a very different narrative than uh, what happened in the Oval Office before that walk. This is curious. Uh, Vinman, Remember uh, Lieutenant Colonel Vinman? <laughs> he, uh, quite a character, uh, a bit of a drama queen. He put out a tweet himself, though. And look at this. If this is true, talk about a friend of the left. General Milley must resign. He usurped civilian authority, broke chain of command. Hey, takes one to no one, right, Vinman? And violated the sacrosanct principle of civilian control over the military. It's an extremely dangerous precedent. You can't simply walk away from that. Uh, do the right thing, Milley. Um, again, takes one to no one. That is something else. Overall, um, uh, Congressman Meadows, Chief, there are so many books coming out, and they're saying, I think, anything they want to about you guys. The standards, there don't seem to be any standards anymore. 
Well, listen, for someone like General Milley, who uh, wants to be apolitical and, quote, told me, I don't talk to the press, well, we're finding out in real time that, obviously, if he's not talking to the press, he's got a great publicist who is. And uh, and as he's done that, this portrays a much more uh, uh, ferocious General Milley than what I actually served with. I can tell you, you know, he's coming across in a lot of this as a tiger when he was more like a pussy cat when uh, when he served under President Trump. But this undermining, this sabotage that, that certainly is coming out now is not helpful. Perhaps it's payback because General Milley uh, really blew it with regards to the Afghanistan withdrawal. Uh, to suggest that he had no knowledge that uh, trouble was ahead uh, just does not uh, meet with the facts. Well, the swamp, by the way, right now is treating him like a hero, like uh, General Milley was the one keeping us all from the brink of nuclear war. Here's a sample of mainstream media coverage last night to the new revelations uh, in the Woodward book. The new bombshell on the final days of the Trump presidency. The secret moves the top U.S. general reportedly made out of fear the then president would start a nuclear war. Trump rogue. The book bombshell. America's top general worried then President Trump would spark a war with China. We'll tell you the dramatic steps he took to make sure Trump wouldn't launch a nuclear weapon. Stunning revelations in a new book that America's top military officer was so concerned former President Trump might spark a war with China in his final months in office, he took extraordinary actions. Hey, yeah, hey, hey, yeah, give me a break. <laughs> Just like this is so overdone, so exaggerated by him. Water cooler talk, I think you nailed it. Um, Greg, Greg, let me hit one point. He never mentioned anything like that to Secretary Pompeo, never mentioned anything like that to me, never mentioned anything like that to the National Security Advisor. So if he had these thoughts, uh, he should have brought it to the appropriate people. And candidly, I know for a fact that he didn't bring it to President Trump. Yeah, I mean, if you're that concerned truly, why go to Bob Woodward five months later? Why not go to all the players and save the world in real time? I mean, why not handle it that way? So it, it really is extraordinary. It doesn't add up. All right, I got to ask you. I know you're in touch with the boss, uh, the president. <laughs> uh, he told me about 2024. He said, I can't tell you yet, Greg, but I think you'll be happy. Um, <laughs> what are you guys doing? What's next? Well, obviously, uh, he, I'm going to stick with that. Uh, he, he can't make any official announcements, but you'll be happy. I can tell you right now what we're doing is uh, I'm looking at, at staff and what would actually potentially be uh, people for an administration, whether it's his or somebody else's, that will not do what General Milley uh, has just uh, been alleged to have done. You need to make sure that you have people supportive of the American First agenda, whether it's him running or someone else. Uh, but I can tell you that uh, if I were a betting man, I would bet that uh, Donald Trump throws his hat in the ring. And he'll be uh, even better prepared next time. Let's face it. He learned a lot. He learned a lot. Uh, so Mark Meadows, we appreciate it. Once again, former chief of staff to the president, senior partner at the Conservative Partnership Institute. Thank you, sir, very much. Thank you, Greg. All right. Be right back. So, Joe Biden, we know he's not good at answering questions, so he doesn't. He just walks away. Thank you.
He's retreating. He's retreating. America should never retreat. I'll see you tomorrow night.